Hi TJs, John here. Just a little intro to our very latest interview on the SoundCloud page. Uh, a few days ago I talked to Michela Trussolino, COO and co-founder at Debut, which is a student careers app which is revolutionising the recruitment sector. We talked about diversity and inclusion, why it's so important for businesses and examples of people and businesses that are doing it really well. It's a fascinating conversation. It gives us some insight into a topic which is only going to get more important, even though we're probably as woke to it as we've ever been, but there's a long way to go. So sit back and have a listen. Here's my conversation with Michaela. So diversity and inclusion are two separate ideas that often come as a pair, but you think uh, one is more important than the other, and tell us why this, this is. Um, good morning, John, first of all, and thank you very much for having me here. So yes, diversity and inclusion are very often bundled together. You know, companies talk about DNI policies, and it seems almost they are the, the same thing, but in reality, they are um, same but different, if you like. For me, diversity is really about the range of human differences. So um, gender, race, ethnicity, ethnicity sexual orientation and it is about making sure that um all the employees in a certain in a given organization are not all copycats now inclusion is very different inclusion is the involvement and empowerment of this um, diverse element within the workplace and within the organization um a company that is inclusive is where is a company where these differences are valued where they are, they are recognized and they are fostered. There has been a lot of uh, research um, around this, um, this topic that show that the more diverse and the more inclusive a workforce is, the better it is for uh, problem solving and the better it is for the organization overall. So they are not, they're not the same thing. If you like, diversity is, you know, is probably more discussed broadly because it's more measurable, right? A lot of companies have KPIs set on how many, for instance, female applicants they have in the recruitment process. Inclusivity, it's harder to measure. Inclusivity is part of the corporate culture and need to be really fostered from the top down, from, from the CEO all the way down to, uh, you know, to the graduate recruitment teams. So historically, the majority of boardrooms are probably quite underrepresented in most metrics of diversity. How can companies make short-term changes to this without being accused of quota filling, which in itself is arguably a necessary step to get true diverse representation? Um, yes, that's a very good, very good question, and uh, and is definitely a hard one to answer and to, to address. Well, first of all, we know I think a study from last year showed that um, nowadays in the UK, among large companies, only twenty-two percent of board members are female. Now, I think that this is a good news if we compare to the past, where this number was in, in the low teens, uh, but obviously it's very far from an ideal 50%. However, you know, it, 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 there is a, I don't believe there is a short-term fix to this problem because um, you can't just um, decide to, you know, to materialize another um, or swap 30% of all board members with, uh, with female directors. I think this comes really from building an inclusive environment where um, you will have the chance to foster um, female employees from a very early um, level throughout the organization. So what companies can do today, first of all, is fix initially the 
um, the problems that they have internally. I mean, gender pay gap is something that obviously it's um, it's important in avoiding this this sort of misrepresentation of board level. When we discuss about diversity and inclusion, you know, there is a link between the two. We have done a study in. Um, um, we've done research um, just a few months ago um, where we showed that 33% of female candidates, of female graduates, were not even considering applying to a company that has a reported gender pay gap. So ultimately, unless you start fixing as an organization your problems um, inside and you actually are perceived externally, your, your employer brand is perceived as a fair, inclusive organization, you will struggle to even attract candidates at the very um, you know, beginning of their careers as graduate, as interns. You know, in addition to this, uh, the same from the same research, there was another interesting data point which said that 55% showed that 55% of applicants, um, so both uh, male and female applicants, would apply to a company with um, with a reported gender pay gap, but would still um, would think a, a little less about their employers because of how they treat um, different genders um, in a different way. And this is, you know, gender is only the the tip of the iceberg. I mean, obviously, is probably the easier one to talk about, but you know, diversity and, and inclusion, it's a much broader. Um, it's, it's a much broader topic that you know includes the, the diversity. It, it um, ranges way beyond the uh, you know the gender split, and so unless companies start addressing their problems and the way um, the management treats their employees and the way the diversity, the, the way the differences are really encouraged and sustained and valued, you're not going to be able to fix the board level the board level issue. Um, it really needs to be something that starts from from the very beginning, from from the graduate recruitment and how you attract and how you engage with uh, with with your potential candidates. Younger generations are um, more and more aware and focused on on these differences, and they want to work for employers that are fair and that are really really supporting this sort of uh, diversity. So which businesses do you think companies should look to for inspiration in their hiring practices? This is another hard question. Um, unfortunately, as we've seen from all the companies publicizing their, or, or, um, their you know, gender pay gap, there is, a lot of, uh, um, there is a lot of disparity and seems something very um, spread around, uh, around organizations. We see even in big tech giants in the US and Silicon Valley, we see that um, diversity, uh, you know, in, in this case, again, let, let's speak about gender diversity, is something that they very much struggle with. What I can say is that some of our clients are, are taking very proactive um, approaches to, towards making sure that within the recruitment pipeline, they have a much more a much more diverse pool of candidates. Ultimately, a company when a company goes out to recruit, um, again we um, primarily deal with the internships and, and graduates, so the entry level. But this is true at every single level, um, even for senior for senior managers. And a company can only rely on their employer brand to attract talent. And they can rely on whatever channels are available, paid channels are available out there. So the, the most 
typical would be to post a job um, on a job board. Okay, these activities in, in, in themselves are relatively passive activities. I mean, employer branding is a, is a very powerful tool for every company, but it's something that changes, that can be changed over a long period of time. Um, no company, well, unless something bad happens, no company can change their employer brand from one year to another. So it's a slow burn, um, you know, process that requires a lot of efforts. And similarly, you know, going and trying to reach out in, uh, I don't know, um, going to a university career, um, you have no control over who you engage when you go, when you go to a campus. Um, so companies need to be able to find tools and find ways to reach candidates that maybe might have not thought about applying to that company or working for that particular organization. Because only in that way they can effectively steer the, the ship towards, you know, a more diverse, um, a more diverse workforce. And and that's that's um, you know I, I can give you a, an example, for instance, of one of our clients, which is a very um, very well known investment bank that um, has started to organize breakfasts um, with female um, students, first year university students. Um, that are females to uh, that have an interest in finance to to start showing them or talk to them about um, how working in finance is actually a career that is um, that is um, that is absolutely open for for female candidates and that there are a, a lot of activities that the bank does um, to foster you know female um, in, involvement within the organization so. These are very proactive um, uh, approaches um, to uh, go and, and reach out as early as possible and trying to, 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 to kind of improve their employer brand and perception to a more diverse set of candidates or audiences is um, ultimately is, is the, it's the most important thing that the company can do. Um, however, as we said earlier, there is no short-term fix for the um, kind of for the larger problems. There are just a series of small steps that every organization can take and should and must take in order to start addressing start addressing the problem. And we do believe that this starts at a, at a very early, um, very entry level of, of a hiring. If I can add just one thing, you know. Um, as um, you know, as our organization, we you know we have a, a why statement. We have basically a purpose when we ask ourselves why why are we here, um, and we do what we do every day. It's because we ultimately believe in equal access to career opportunities for every student. Okay, and we try every day to convince and explain to employers how it is important to give that level playing field for everybody so that ultimately the employer will benefit in 15 years' time in having a, a more diverse workforce. Uh, well, Michaela, thanks ever so much for talking to TJ today, and here's to a more diverse workforce. Thank you very much, John, for having me here.